For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the Browns crew in 91, worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. It's Chuck Campisi here with Tony Dick on Believe in the Browns. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Again, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can also find us at Browns Believe. That's at Browns, B-L-E-A-V. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Tony, not a whole ton going on per se. However, camp is, I want to say, kicking off, if you can call COVID-19 testing kicking off. So I guess camp opened on Tuesday. There's a follow-up test that happened yesterday. Then there's a third test that comes tomorrow. And then if you pass all of those, you could potentially be in the facility by the weekend. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it goes. Uh, yeah. No, it's exciting times. Uh, um, I, 
I don't know. It, it, things are going to be there. I, I guess what, what I'm really interested in seeing is, um, you know, because the players have known for a while that this was the report date, it's going to be real interesting to see how many players come in, test, and immediately go into quarantine, um, which to me, I, I mean, I, I know that there's very various ways you can catch this, right? But I just, I would hope that people have been, you know, prepping, preparing for this, and they, they haven't been in you know, going out trying to get their last, uh, you know, last couple swings in before um, the shutdown. Um, At because, the Magic City. Yeah. Because, well, <laughs> we, we just, we need we need to get going here. And the only way this is going to work, and this is why, and we'll get into this later, I'm sure, the only way this is going to work is if people start taking this serious and, and start shutting it down. Otherwise, this thing will spiral out of control rather quickly. And I, I have a feeling... If that happens, we shut it down completely. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I'm interested to see the numbers. I mean, you've seen what the NBA has done. You've seen what the NHL has done. And, and the NBA starts tonight. NHL starts Saturday. We have seen what the NWSL and the MLS have done. I mean, obviously, some NWSL kicked a team out right at the beginning, but then everything went smoothly from there. Same thing at MLS. They kicked the two teams out. And then everything's gone smoothly from there. But those are bubble situations, right? And then we've seen what's happened with the Marlins in MLB, which is a similar system to what the NFL is going to have, where players are going home at night. Uh, Away teams are staying, obviously, in hotels. It's, you know, MLB announced the other day that uh, now it looks like teams that are traveling are going to have an MLB provided COVID-19 <laughs> compliance officer to make sure players aren't uh, making trips to their favorite establishments or people aren't popping into rooms on the road. I don't know what's going to happen. I, like you, I hope the players have been doing their due diligence. But when you have roster sizes this big, I mean, you're bringing, they're bringing 90 guys in. Um, by the time padded practices begins, which I don't get, like I don't understand how ten days of strength and conditioning practices are somehow gonna tell you, oh, I need to cut these ten guys because uh, yeah. you know that their bench press isn't, you know, when it's third and bench press, then I guess that guy wouldn't have cut it for us. Yeah, I, you know, which that kind of surprised me because if it were if it were me and, and I was in charge of kind of setting this thing up, I would have limited the number of guys coming in and just um, increase the amount of, of people you could bring in to take a look at as the season goes on. You know, just do that. Um, or maybe even, even. Um, I mean, they're going to have to come up with some. But you're not even going to look at those guys. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. It's like, yeah. why, why are you bringing 10 guys into camp yeah. that you're not even allowed to look at before they put the pads on? I mean, really, that's all you're looking at. You're looking at strength and conditioning. Basically, I mean, you got 10 extra guys there. If, if some of those back-end guys came in really out of shape and didn't do anything during the you know, the, the lockdown, then, okay, yeah, okay, I would swap them out for this guy because this guy's out of shape. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I just, I just think the more people you're bringing in, the, the more you're opening yourself up, especially if you're a fringe guy that's just kind of been – you know, I don't know, do whatever you're doing, uh, and you're just hanging out, waiting for a look. You're gonna, yeah. you're gonna bring that guy. I, I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. And yeah. Not to discount. You're really gonna see it in the walkthrough. 
I think maybe maybe I maybe I was wrong. Maybe it's well, not the weight room work. It, maybe it's the walkthrough. You see, oh man, on that walk, that guy really hit that gap. Well, you know, the crazy uh, thing is, there are people, there are coaches that I have known that that had. That, that we had a couple coaches when I was there. I won't name any names, but they actually had our video guys taping, stretching, and, and all the pre-practice activities, and then they would actually assign people to go through. And see who was taking. Yeah, the maybe that's why this team uh, <laughs> has performed the way it has for the yeah, last yeah, twenty but, years. But uh, uh, so but that's where we're at. But it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this happens. You, you know, the funny thing is, you, you know, with the Marlins, I, I mean, that you're talking organizations with smaller rosters, you know, similar budget, and they still were not able to keep that under control. And, and I know we eighteen wanna, cases. Yeah, well, and I know we want to put it on the players, but but I, I guess too we, we do have to take a look at, you know, this goes back to what we were saying about um, you can't have uniform policies because this thing is different in different regions of the country. So I, you know, Florida right now is a bit of a hot spot, and I guess if you go out to dinner in Florida, it's probably a higher risk just going out to dinner. I, I mean, you, you know, and, yeah. And, and then once you start to introduce it, well, maybe going out to dinner and a nightclub and a, you know this and a, yeah. that. Um, but I gotta give them the benefit of the doubt. I think um, even if you're just doing the similar things that someone would be doing, and we don't have a team in Wyoming. Yeah, but we're, we're, <laughs> well, I think the challenge is right. You're seeing, you know, some of the limitations of some of those things. Like we were talking about, oh, putting the plastic in the lockers between the guys. Like these guys are so close to each other. Like, it, I mean, that's the thing. It's one guy gets it. it you know it's going to spread within the locker room because by the time he tests positive for it, if you're not testing like every second of every day yeah. and separating everybody at literally every moment, which you can't do when you're on the field or in a locker room or, or all of those types of things, then there's going to be spread within the team. It's it's going to be really challenging. I think MLB probably handled it as about as best as they could have. It doesn't seem like it's gotten to any other teams at, at this point. And they seem to have capped it out now with the Marlins. They were able to bring guys up, and they're going to start play again. So that's at least there's maybe a template in place for how to manage this if something does happen in the NFL, because now you can see what's happening in Major League Baseball. And I think that's the benefit for the NFL. I think then the challenge is, right, then you look at what happened at Rutgers. Bringing this down to an NCAA level, I can't imagine college football happening this fall. I was 18 years old once, too, and between 18 and 24, if I, I would have been as stupid as every kid on the Rutgers football team had been, going to parties, doing those types of things, and then all of a sudden you got 20 guys with it and you got to quarantine the entire team. Yeah, well, it, that's why I say that You've got you've got your bubble way of handling it, which isn't working. You, you've got your you, you know. Let's just uh, well, it's, you know, working. it's working. Well, I mean, it's it, working. It, it's it's working. But but I guess I guess let me let me rephrase that. You've got your bubble situation where you know you're looking at it like well, these guys are in complete lockdown, we're under control, and the next thing you know, some guys. You know, getting chicken wings at his favorite uh, strip joint, and and you know, but at least you can quarantine him before he gets back in, right? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But although um, luckily somebody posted it on Instagram, right, or you wouldn't have been able to. Yeah, but um, with, with college, forget about it. I mean, like you said, there is there is absolutely no way that you're going to be able to to wrangle that many kids. I agree. There's just no way. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. But what I will say this, you know, I, I've been you know, been kind of back and forth on this whole thing. But the the, the one thing that 
and it makes me giggle a little bit is when we talk about the science end of it and people say, well, you know, your retort will be like, well, they, they told us not to wear masks. I'm not telling us to wear masks. They don't know what they're doing. And people will reply by saying, well, you know, in science, you got to try different things and you see what works, what doesn't work. I think really what we're seeing right here is a grand science experiment. And, and I, I think whether or not college football happens, we do have to push these kids in to see how this goes. Because if we keep waiting and waiting and waiting, I mean, what are we waiting for? Until there's zero COVID on the planet? I mean, you're going to have to at some point dip your toe in the water and see what happens. And, and I think what we're seeing right now um, you know, it's a good thing. Even when we do see cases breaking out, I don't want to say it's good that people are getting it, but it's it's offering us opportunities to try different ways to handle the situation. I mean, yeah, and I, I agree to a certain extent. I agree. Hey, you know, the professionals, right? So you got a couple guys with the Browns, you know, Drew Forbes, Drake Dorbeck. I mean, neither guy who has played it down in the NFL, you know, one who was hurt pretty much all last year, one who's an undrafted free agent, you know. Are sitting out, and then you have the guys from the Chiefs, right? Two starters. You got Damian Williams running back, and and uh, Larry or Laurent uh, Duvernay Tardif uh, sitting out, right? Hey, those guys can make those decisions because they have money in the bank. They have the like from a college standpoint. I think it's a different animal, you know, in terms of trying to get making sure we run these things. And I don't see necessarily a problem. What difference does it make realistically in the grand scheme of things if we do push everything to spring sports, right? Because that gives us the time for, hey, you know, these professional leagues where these guys have consciously made this decision, they're making millions of dollars, whether they want to sit it, sit out or play, they have that option versus a college kid. You know, I think you could easily just say, hey, you know, make it spring sport. I'd love to see some spring football, right? Have NFL in the fall, college football in the spring. Man, I'd be jacked to go to an OSU game or something like that in uh, in March. Yeah. You know, you go down for a doubleheader. You go down for uh, a football, although you might not be able to go to the basketball game in the evening. But if you did the doubleheader, like, you know, basketball, football, um Hey, I'd be up for that. Maybe throw a hockey in there too. Could hit the triple header. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 well, I, I think it'll work. I, I, I think it would work. It would be fun. I mean, we've already proven that you can play football in the spring. I mean, yes. the, you know, um, and, and that was without NFL dollars behind it. I think the the um, the, the big thing for me was pushing. There'll, there'll definitely be an adjustment because when I what I'm looking at is let's say we push football to the spring. And I know not everybody gets drafted, but you're obviously going to have to move the draft back. I mean, you don't have to. Uh, well, I mean, those players. I mean, that's the thing is is those players can opt out of that season, right? And then just go in. You know, if if you're you know the quarterback down at uh, Trevor Lawrence down at Clemson, like you're probably not playing if it's the spring season, realistically, because the chances of you getting hurt in that spring season and then being ready for the fall NFL season. Right by the time you get drafted, you're probably just sitting out and saying, "I'm probably going to be the number one pick anyway, or number two. So you might just sit out. And so it'll be interesting to see how coaches handle that. I think that's really going to be a test of who's actually a really great coach or how great their recruiting classes really are. So if that kid chooses to sit out, I mean, I'm just I'm just kicking around some hypotheticals because I, I know I've heard some rumblings that um, you know part of the reason that so many people for the Patriots uh, opted out is that Bill Belichick's you know scheming. He's got a scheme going. Ah. So, so if 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 somebody opts out of college football and now we've got people who have opted out of a season opening a roster spot, I mean, can you bring in a kid who's already played? 
his two required years, and he's in well. I'm assuming no. I'm assuming the you sign him as a free agent. No, because they haven't entered the draft process. They still have to enter the draft process, or there's the supplemental draft, right? Because they didn't enter the draft last year, so they would still have to be in the draft for this year, regardless of whether they withdrew from school or not. The same thing if a guy withdrew right now. I have a feeling. Bill's got something. Now, Bill, the NFL won't let that happen. Well, and I'm assuming in this circumstance that the NFL actually takes place in the fall and that college would just yeah. take place in the spring. And, and so you would have those. It's a big assumption. It is. It is. Um, but, I mean, that's the way things are looking right now. I mean, you have the majority of Division three schools that are not playing uh, fall football. You have about half of Division two right now that is not playing fall football. Um, so it looks like, you know, colleges and universities are leaning towards not participating yeah. in fall football, but it looks like, uh, I just wonder how this is. I mean, I, and I know we're, this is a Browns podcast. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, at this point it's all, but, but when we get to the colleges, obviously D one schools, most, you know, I would say not most, like some of the top tier D two schools be able to handle when I'm looking at a D three level. Like, how do you handle having all sports all in the same I've season? already talked to our, our facilities guy I mean, here at Baldwin-Wallace University, <laughs> uh, and and he said he can make it happen. He said, obviously, the scheduling is is, is tough because, yeah, like, and I've said this before. When the football field is the soccer field, is the lacrosse field, is the field hockey field, is the track, right, your, your scheduling has to be yeah. very well, specific. I, but. I, I get that. I guess more specifically, I'm thinking, you know, D1 level, you'll have an athletic trainer who's assigned to each sport. They just work all season. But when you come to D3 level, you have no, athletic even, trainers. Even, even just, D1, you got people, you got a fall sport and a spring sport. Yeah, you know I'm, what I mean? So I'm thinking bands, I'm, you know. Well, I mean, for everybody. I mean, yeah. I think that's going to be the challenge for everybody. I think the field issue becomes more of an issue at the lower level because yeah. you're, you're having all this. Where if you're at Ohio State, right? Got Everybody's got their own field, yeah. right? It doesn't really matter. Or uh, stadium. Yeah, or whatever you want to call it. Their own venue to to participate yeah. in their chosen activity. Yeah, I'm just uh, picturing a soccer game going on here but, while kids are running the 100 in between. Yeah, the, I mean, the know, thing is, is, is your Olympic sport athletes, your Olympic sport coaches are going to be pissed if everything's moved to the spring because they're going to get zero media coverage because that, that fallback sport that you have or the, for whatever it is, right. If you're, if you're the baseball SID and you take uh, and you have, you know, men's soccer in the fall, like baseball is your primary, right. Men's soccer is going to be your secondary. Well, depending on the institution, I guess, right. If you're Ohio state, probably. Um, so you're looking at some of those types of things. Uh, you're going to focus on just your power sports at that point. Cause you're going to have to drive all of that because you're going to try to make up that revenue. Oh, that, yeah. That's going to be, Almost impossible to make up just because, I mean, look at the economy when you're, you know, I mean, the economy took a, what, basically 33% hit um, in Q2. Uh, not that this is a uh, market or economics podcast either, but I'm sure people are paying attention to that. Uh, so you have some of that taking place and, and you're not going to make up those dollars. Well, and if you're a track coach, I mean, realistically, how many people are you going to have going out for track? I mean, because you're football players, basketball players, um, you know, depending on how. Yeah, mostly, play. mostly probably your football yeah. guys. You're gonna get. Yeah, I mean, we had a ton of guys. I mean, when I was at the U, I mean, Ed Reed was uh, the Big East javelin champion uh, on one throw, his first throw of the season. Tony uh, yeah. set. Well, his first throw wasn't the Big East championship throw, but his first throw qualified him for the Big East championships 
um, qualified him for the NCAA championships and set a Big East record. <laughs> so his first in-competition throw of the season um, when I was there. So you have some of those guys that, yeah, we had Clinton Portis running track. We had James Jackson running track. We had Santana Moss running track. Um, Najee Davenport, all of those guys. Um, that was a hell of a, um, you know, sprinting squad when you're rolling into a, a, a competition. So, yeah, it w- would be interesting to see how some of that plays out. Um, but it, that that's the breaks, you know. I, I just think what you're seeing at Rutgers, though, is there's there's no way to stop that. Um, yep. Unless you keep, unless you mandate it that student athletes cannot leave campus, um, and then they're the only people on campus, which then opens you to a whole can of lawsuit worms yep. if something goes wrong because you singled these individuals out, had them specifically attend, put in, you know. So I just don't see it happening for the fall. Um, so and that and that's gonna be the that's gonna be the challenge. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know. I guess we'll. I guess we'll. I guess we'll wait and see. I. You know, the thing I keep telling people is that, you know, Rutgers. That's a situation. That's a sticky situation. But I. But I think it'll be dealt with. But what words? I. I think. When you hit a point that you're not going to negotiate anymore, is the first time, God forbid, something happens beyond just the guy. Yeah. You know, getting sick. Yeah. I mean, if a if a player, were to happen to, die from COVID nineteen. I think forget about college. I think everything shuts down. Um, just yeah, no. you know it sounds crazy because you know, and I and I'm not saying uh, like one individual life doesn't matter. Let's not start going down that road. But I mean, it's just nobody's nobody's going to go against that. It's the tipping yeah. point. Well, it's like Gobert testing positive. I mean, that's a, right. That shut all of the leagues down. I mean, yeah. now I mean, look at that. You had one guy testing positive, and every single league shut down that was operating at that time. Whereas now you have. You know, I mean, ever how many hundreds of thousands more cases in the U.S. right now, and we're talking about coming back, right? So it's right times change, but there's always then that what's that next tipping point for something to re-trigger? Uh, and I think that again, I agree, that's probably going to be it, um, and it's going to be unfortunate, obviously, and and we hope it doesn't happen, but that that's going to be the challenge. Uh, so to get back to a little bit of the Brown stuff, right? So camp is technically open this weekend um so whether you want to call it august 1st or august 2nd um with players kind of reporting so then you have your 10 days of strength and conditioning and and walkthroughs that you can do um then you have your normal camp begin to start you have about you know teams have there are um, there's a maximum number of padded practices that you can have, and you can't have two a days anymore. I remember my time when I was in the league. I mean, man, we were doing two a days. You know, I know for the majority of your time in the league, guys were doing two a days. Um, that's changed CBA, smart decision I think by the players. No preseason games, no joint practices. So, Stefanski, right, as a first time head coach, as any of the coaches, any of the new coaches, new head coaches. This year, especially, you know, not including guys like Ron Rivera, who just, you know, moved from a head coaching spot. To, but if you're a first-time head coach, you're not going to get to have your first full contact practice, Tony, until about a month, just over a day or two more than a month before your opening game of the season. How far does that set back the Browns or teams that are in 
their situation where, hey, you know what? We got, we live in no OTAs, no mini camps. I haven't seen anybody on this roster realistically other than maybe a Zoom meeting. And then I got 30 days to prep them for my season opener with no joint practices and no preseason games. So the only thing I can do is potentially put my ones against my ones in practice, and that's the best I can do from uh, prepping you for a week one NFL game. Well, I, not, not, not that it's really any different than it's been um, the last couple of years, but I, I think because of this, you, you really have five, maybe six teams that you're going to be able to name that actually are going to have a chance to, to win anything this year. I, I mean, you, I mean <laughs> you can't – and I say that in jest a, nah, little, bit, yeah. a little bit, but – uh, you know, for anyone to believe that uh, you take everything that you just said and and you, you plug the Browns into that mix, anybody who thinks that this team has a chance to go to the, the, the Super Bowl the, or even the playoffs or even to win more than half of their games is completely nuts. Because I'm telling you right now, the, be prepared. The first month of football, at least, is going to look like Crap! It's going to be there's going to be a lot of crappy football played, and and, and people can say all oh, these guys are professionals or they're so that hey yeah they're professionals or they're so that but let's think about it like it it's it's a little bit different this year because the guys would have been playing with each other practicing with each other doing drills back to March. I mean we're talking by the time this thing gets rolling and we get done swabbing everybody and and you know checking them out. I mean we're talking August already. So from you know, middle of March, second week of March till now, a lot of these guys haven't even thrown a ball at, at you know. A- Do, does the Browns' early season schedule help them, right? Because obviously Baltimore, I don't think so, right? No. At Baltimore opening, you know, I mean, Harbaugh's got those guys on lockdown. That team is yeah. is, is ready to rock. That's a lot I don't think, yeah. <laughs> right. But then you're home against the Bengals, home against Washington. Right. And yeah, I understand that Ron Rivera is not a first year head coach and neither is, I can't remember the guy um, that's from LA that's down in, in Cincinnati. Right. But a second year guy and a guy, you know, no offense, I'm not really sold on Dwayne Haskins as an NFL starter. So I think those two games are crap shoots. Right. So if they're playing like crap and we're playing like crap, <laughs> yeah, yeah then, uh, you know, that's a coin flip, right? 50 50 there. You know, um, Dallas. You know, I mean, yeah, new head coach, but players that know the system yeah. are familiar with what it takes to win. I think that's a tough one. Um, Indy, uh, I don't know. I think Frank Reich's a better coach than Stefanski, so I'm going to probably give that to Indy. Pittsburgh, you know, the Tomlin, Harbaugh. I mean, uh, I don't think, you know, I don't think the Browns are winning against Pittsburgh or uh, or Baltimore this year just from a, from a coaching standpoint. Yeah. Um, then they're back. They're at Cincinnati, um, and then they got Vegas here. You know, that, that's not that's not a horrible. Like I could see a four and four, yeah, in the first half of the season from that standpoint. I think it might get a little more complicated as you move through. But I think you know a lot of teams are in that coaching mix where there's a lot of players that are moving through the system and a lot of coaches that are moving through the system. There's a lot of flux, so. I think if things break right, I think yeah, eight and eight is probably yeah. a ceiling. Like maybe nine and seven. Yeah. If and you get the super, hey, maybe a couple injuries happen or a couple COVID cases, right? Uh, <laughs> well, which is you know, I I guess 
nine and seven, you know, if you look at where we've been, you know, nine and seven, you would think, okay, nine and seven, we're improving. But the reality is, and I know we're not the only team that's up against this, like nine and seven just means it's one more year when we're not in the playoffs and, and we're one year further down the road on everybody's all these players that we've accumulated yeah, with contracts. And, and I think, um, you know, like I said, we're not the only team that's up against it, but I just, uh, I just don't see us doing big things, not because of the people that we brought in, not because of the people who are on the roster, but just because, you know, the system is kind of gamed against us right now. And, and, um, you know, and not specifically us. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's not us against the world. Uh, yeah. uh, but, but sure? yeah, well, I, I just, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think right now my biggest hope is, um, and this will be every week, my biggest hope is that we get to play that first game. Because the fact that they've already canceled the preseason, I, I, I mean, that, those, you know, while those are games that don't count, that, that's football being played. And, so now when we get to week one, that's going to be our first opportunity to see guys, you know, playing each other on opposing teams. And um, let's just hope that happens. And every week we'll have to continue to, to hope the same thing because um, I, I think if we get a shutdown, I don't think the NFL, I don't see how the NFL could do um, a, a deal where we just kick a team out of the league. Like, how do you, <laughs> you know, if, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, all of a sudden all get COVID, I mean, we're just going to say Tampa's out of the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I, I mean, that's the thing. You're going to have to figure out. There's going to have to be methods to to do some of this, and and maybe then it becomes based on winning percentage or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're looking at September 10th, so you're looking at about you know 40 days from now, you know, a little more, 41 days from now, you have that Thursday night matchup, um, Houston at Kansas City, and as we mentioned earlier, right, Kansas City is going to be without two players. Two significant players, two starters from a Super Bowl championship team. Uh, I I think Duvernay Tardif. I mean, being on the offensive line, being a starter, being as good as he was, is is more impactful than Damian Williams, especially given who they drafted. You know, um, the the kid from LSU, the running back, and and then the guys they also had on the roster. Yes, Damian Williams is very talented, but I think you know finding that replacement offensive lineman at a high caliber is going to be much more difficult for that Chiefs team yeah. than it is um, to replace a running back. Um, and and that'll be interesting to see how how they play out. Maybe that brings them down a notch because they're probably one of those teams, right? You're talking about five teams, right? They're probably one of those teams. I mean, whether Seattle now steps up a little bit given the trade with the Jets, I think they gave up a ton. Um, yeah. But when you're in win now mode. And and you know that pick's going to be at the late later part of the third, first round. Yeah, maybe you're just like, hey, let's let's take a shot. Yeah. Uh, well, and where that gets bad for them is if you're in win now mode, and then now it doesn't happen. Yes, yes, <laughs> you're yes. Right. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, fair so, enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then that's why uh, I mean, like I said, to to go all in at this point, I, I it could go, it could obviously go either way, right? I, yeah. I mean, if it you're sitting on your rear end and not going all in and somebody does and the season does happen. I mean, obviously Seattle's going to have an advantage. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I know, I know it's not the answer everybody's looking for. Like, I don't know if people are coming here looking for like, definitive answers. That's but, the only reason they come here, Tony. <laughs> but I mean, we just, it's day by day. I mean, who knows here in Ohio, our governor might just decide the Browns aren't playing. Right. Like just, <laughs> Ban football, um, or, or 
Well, I mean, that's or, why or he'll I set get, hours. He'll I keep, set hours. I keep getting the emails from from uh, <laughs> uh, from my buddy, like, "Hey, man, we're still looking to staff up the stadium. If you got some students and stuff, I'm like, dude, yeah, like, no, we're not having fans in the stands. Yeah, like, no. we might have games. Yeah. Like, we might have games. Yeah, you might. But have, we're might not, not having like fans, fans in the, the parking lot. Yeah. I mean, I have friends that are so. Whether they let fans in or not, I'm going to the Muni lot. I'm like, only if they let you in the yeah, Muni lot. You yeah, you're not, they're not opening that thing. <laughs> There's not a chance in hell those gates are opening. No. And, um, you know, and, and that's just that's the world we're living in. So, I don't know. Maybe there'll be uh, outlaw, you know, renegade tailgating going on right. in the empty mall parking lots. Or oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the empty mall parking lots. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah potentially. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but who knows? We, we may also be tailgating for games that were uh, played three years ago. Well, and they're I think, just being replayed because I think right. really what needs to happen, Tony, is I think you need to, you know, start lifting, get back in shape because you know if something hits, um, there's there might be a spot here locally. Well, there um, might be an opening for an alternative for, league too. You know, you know yeah, yeah, start our alternative play. I think I'm gonna apply. I'm gonna contact some buddies at MLB see if I can become one of those COVID nineteen compliance officers. Uh, I'm sure the pay is pretty good. So uh, I thought you were gonna uh, say you, you were gonna volunteer to be one of the cardboard cutouts. No, no, that would be great. Uh, I would be one of the cardboard cutouts. I like when the cardboard cutouts get nailed and then they break, like the head snaps yeah. or something, and they get a big hole in them. So, which is a good advertisement for uh, not having bats along the uh, baseline. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So, alrighty, folks. <laughs> that's believe in the Browns. I think that's all we got for you today. Hopefully, um, we'll be back next week, being able to report zero positive COVID cases yeah. in the NFL, or at least with the Cleveland Browns. Um, yeah. And and that's all we got. So, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, interview us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Again, you can find us at Believe Podcast, that's at B-L-E-A-V Podcast, and on Twitter and Instagram, at Browns Believe, that's at Browns, B-L-E-A-V. Wash your hands, chuck check. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.